SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. I'm Brad Brown. Half an hour of non-stop sporting action coming your way. And thanks to the MoneyWeb team. They're back again tomorrow at 6 here on SAFM. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll be chatting boxing. Yep, the big fight coming up this weekend between Conor McGregor. Floyd Mayweather, love to know who you think is going to win it, but we'll be chatting to uh, Colin Nathan uh, on this evening's show to get his thoughts on the spectacle. We'll also hear from uh, Cape Town City CEO uh, to find out his thoughts on Rivaldo Kutsia heading north to uh, play for Celtic, and we'll also chat to Cape Town City's uh, in Goma on this evening's show as well. Alebukhangmanyama, rather, on this evening's show. Uh, that's all before 7 o'clock tonight. But let's talk about some of the things making headlines. And we start with football. Bidvest Vitz having completed the loan signing of Egypt international striker Ahmed Gamal from Al Ahli. The 26 year old uh, was unveiled by the Clever Boys earlier today. He adds to the Ford's option of Bidvest Vitz coach Gavin Hunt. And he becomes the first Egyptian player to feature in the South African domestic league. In other transfer news, announced last night that Bafana Bafana international Rivaldo Kutsia has signed for Scottish Giants Celtic. Safa President Danny Jordan today also wished Kutsia well on his move. He says it augurs well for the country. It's good that we get younger players into Europe and you'll be surprised and perhaps must look at the number of younger players who are in Europe at the age of 18, 19 and, and for Rivaldo to get in there at a young age is very good and I think uh, Bafana Bafana will benefit because uh, it's something that he wanted that he saw as uh, a dream come true for himself and we want to wish him all the best and you talk about deep rural areas Rivado Kutsi comes from the deep rural areas from Kakamas I don't know if you know where it is uh, but go and look on your map. That's where it comes from. So we, we said that some of our best players come from the rural areas and we must not overlook that they too have the ambition to play for Bofana, to play overseas, to be a big star. In other transfer news, Orlando Pirates confirming a deal's been reached to sell Zimbabwean forward Tendai Ndoro to Saudi Arabian club Al Fasle FC. And staying with news out of Pirates, midfielder Tamsankwa Sangweni will miss about two weeks of action. He's picked up a knee injury. Meanwhile, Black Leopards have sold midfielder Sipalele Nshangashe to Baraka FC. Three matches look forward to in the Apso Premiership this evening. Baraka welcome Pirates to the Peter Makaba Stadium. Amazulu are away to Chipper United and Mamelodi Sundowns face Polokwane City at Loftus Fasfelt. All those matches kick off at 7.30. Five UEFA Champions League qualifiers taking place tonight. Uh, the first one underway, Astana up against Celtic. I'll have a score for you at the end of the show. And then at 8.45 this evening, Napoli away to Nice. In news, uh, in about an hour ago, Barcelona announcing that they're suing Neymar for at least 8.5 million euros for breach of contract following his world record 222 million euro move to Paris Saint-Germain. On to rugby, Springbok flanker Yaku Krills warned against an Argentine backlash in Salta this weekend. The box fly out tomorrow ahead of a return clash with the Pumas, who were beaten 37-15 in Port Elizabeth at the weekend. Krills says Argentina are a very different prospect when playing at home. The, the Argentinians are a very proud nation and uh, they're not going to take this past weekend lightly. And especially going back home, playing in front of their home crowd, they're going to be... 
uh, very physical and they wanna, they're going to want to prove a point and all we can do is stick to what we do and focus on our own job and not focus on them. The box lost in Salta last year and Krill says the team are in a much better place mentally than they were this time last year. Yes, I believe as players we have to be mental tough. Uh, you can't let the field or the, or the stadium or the venue get into your head. Uh, you have a job at hand. You must focus on your job and focus what you have to do and the rest will look after itself. On to cricket news. India A defeated their South African counterparts by six, uh, by four wickets rather, in Potterstrom earlier today. Set 224 for victory. India A reached 226 for six. That win sees the tourists draw the two-match series one all. In Formula One news, Nico Rosberg was in Stuttgart to see his title-winning Silver Arrow car go on display at the Mercedes-Benz Museum. The 2016 Formula One World Championship winning car has been added to the Myth 7 Silver Arrows Races and Records exhibition at the Arena Museum. Rosberg has more. Yeah, it's a special day for me because um, I, I came here as a 14-year-old when I was in the Mercedes-Benz McLaren Junior program, go-karting, and I saw this historic uh, lineup of, of you know, the Mercedes, the legendary Mercedes Silver Arrows. And now to have my own Silver Arrow um, at the end of this row right here with uh, the car from Mika Hakkinen uh, right behind me, um, unbelievable, indescribable, you know, so it's, it's a very special experience. Another Formula One news, Ferrari have extended uh, driver Kimi Raikkonen's contract until the end of the 2018 season. Quick football update for you. It is half-time in that UEFA Champions League qualifier between Astana and Celtic, and it is one all at the break. Coming up next, we'll chat some more football. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM and we start with football and uh, you would have heard it on AM Live this morning. The story broke overnight last night that Bafana Bafana International Rivaldo Katsia has signed for Scottish Giants Glasgow Celtic. Ice Cape Town announcing it last evening that they'd concluded a deal for the 20-year-old defender subject to the player passing a medical and getting his work permit in Scotland. Katsia marked his exit from Ajax by scoring his first goal in professional football on Saturday in their one-all draw with Golden Arrows. He made his debut for Ajax in February 2014. It's just a handful of games from making his 100th appearance for the Cape Town club. Katsia has 23 Bafana Bafana caps and is part of Stuart Baxter's squad for the upcoming World Cup qualifiers against Cape Verde. Ajax CEO Harry Estacio says they're delighted for the player. I mean, it's unbelievable. So, so we've done our job. Um, uh, you know, when, when, when we bring in our, our, when we scout all these youngsters, there's a plan for every single one of them. And sometimes we can achieve it, sometimes we can't. And uh, I think Rivaldo has been very fortunate to get such a fantastic deal. We're not happy, we're ecstatic. Um, you know, and we're excited for the boy. I mean, it, 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 I think somebody, if you need to understand what it means for him, I mean, when we told him yesterday he was jumping up and down. Um, and I think we don't take things personally. We understand what happened at the beginning of the season. It wasn't, uh, there's no vindictive, you know, we're not vindictive about what happened. We understand it. Um, and, and when we did chat to him at the time and he, he, and, and he came back, you know, it's all done, forgotten, and he didn't come here on condition that we can't do. He came here on, on knowing that we will do the best for him. Katia was AWOL from the club's pre-season training at the beginning of July, but Estasio says those matters were sorted out internally. You must remember that, that players get influenced by external factors, and whether those are uh, advisors, whether those are 
other clubs, whether those are managers, whether they're friends or family or whatever. Um, and I think what's important is that we've got to remember that we've got a plan for, for each child or each player. And, and we need to, to stick to, to the plan. For example, we had, we, we didn't want Rivaldo to go to a, a South African club. Uh, we believed he could easily make it in Europe. So we, we needed to believe in what we set out to do. So it would have been easy to, to let him go to a local club. Uh, that wasn't a problem. Uh, but, there was no doubt for us that he should go to Europe, uh, and we just had to make sure that we find the right club for him. In other words, a club that he would that would use his his talents. Uh, I mean, he's not the tallest centre back, but he's got other fantastic talents, and you had to find a club that suits that. Um, so you know, nobody knows how much work is done behind behind the scenes. It's not just a, a given thing. And when and when Rivaldo uh, had the issue at the beginning of the season, it, it was not. It was based on outside influence. Um, and I'm glad he, you know, when he came and spoke to us and he apologised and he moved in. And, and look what happened three weeks later. It's unbelievable. If Stathiao believes that this is just the first step in Kutsia's overseas career and he believes he will go on to greater things. The Ajax CEO says just like Kutsia is not the first Ajax player to move overseas, he won't be the last as there are other youngsters he hopes to see go abroad. You must remember this is not the first time we've done it. So, I mean, we've done it a few more times, but I think this one's extra special um, because of, of, of the, the way he's promoted himself as well I and mean, playing for the national team at 17. So, you know, I mean, I've now put Celtic on my list to watch the games just to see how he progresses. I have no doubt that he's going to go from there to the next step. Um, and, you know, you can stand proud and say the boy came from Ajax. Um, and you know when you when you when we were speaking to Celtic and we could we could easily say listen it's not the first one we've taken uh, Steve Pina was here and Enoch Young was here and Giovanni uh, uh, Serrero was here you know it 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 it, it boasts a lot for the club um, and I can I can tell you it's not going to be the end of it there's a lot more that's going to come through. While Estafiao won't say how much Celtic paid for Kutsia, he does say it's one of the bigger transfer fees Ajax has received. UK media has reported the deal cost Celtic around £800,000. The CEO has more. I, I think, uh, look, on, on regards to transfer fee, uh, it's not something that we usually um, say, but it's one of the, of the larger transfer fees that the club has done. Uh, it's one of, the, one, of the, one of the top ones, so let me rather leave it at that. Um, and, you know, we've been talking to Celtic for a while now, so um, it's not an overnight thing, if that's what you're asking. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. That is indeed fantastic news for South African football. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. I'm Brad Brown, and uh, staying with football, it's been a pretty fascinating start to the domestic season. The PSL getting underway this past weekend, and uh, if the opening match is anything to go by, I think we're in for an exciting season. Defending champions, Bidvest Vitz losing at home to Cape Town City at the Bidvest Stadium on Friday night. And we join now by one of the guys who are playing a pivotal role in the Cape Town City squad. It is Lebukhang Manyama. Lebukhang, welcome on to SAFM Sports Chat this evening. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me and good evening to all the listeners and good evening to you guys. Lebukhang, fantastic win first up uh, against uh, the defending champions, especially away from home. What a great uh, way to start your, your domestic season. Yeah, look, it was fantastic, you know, but it's, I think it's very important that we remain humble, you know. We enjoyed the moment, but yeah, 
and it's on to the next game. Okay, talk to me a little bit about the, the start. Obviously, you, you, you won the quarterfinal in the MTN8, so you're going to be facing Vidves Vits again this coming weekend in the semis. But uh, a good start under, under a new coach. Obviously, some changes uh, in the off-season. Uh, things look happy under Benny McCarthy. Yeah, look, it's, it was very important that we start on a, on a high, you know, and make sure we win both our games, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's only two games into the season, you know, we're still trying to get better. Obviously with the new coach, new ideas, you know, and, and it's a first start, you know, so we also gotta give him a chance, you know, to, to bring in all his ideas, you know, and make sure that we try and follow it. And yeah, we've tried, you know, and we started with two tough games, we've pulled through, you know, and we still have to play that again, you know, so, so yeah, it's gonna be tough, but we, we just wanna keep on improving each and every game and, and I think it's good for us to take it just one game at a time and try to keep on improving week in, week out. The experience that Benny does bring to, to the camp, maybe not so much from a coaching perspective, but from a playing perspective, uh, I mean, have you spoken to him much? Obviously, you had a fantastic season last season, and, and often when, when players do have a great season, they struggle in, in their second season. Have you spoken to him about that and some of the things you have to work on for, for the upcoming season? Yeah, look, obviously, we, we all have room for improvement, you know, and obviously, Ben is the kind of coach that has played the game before at probably the highest level, you know, in the world. So, so yeah, we, we know we have a lot to learn, you know, but not individually, but also as a team, you know, and he comes up with that, obviously, that European mentality because he played there for quite a while, you know, and, and it helps so for players like me, you know, to obviously, because of the season that I had last season, you know, I've, I've raised a standard for myself, which I have to maintain and try to get better. And, and yeah, I think I'm kind of lucky to have a person like Billy next to me because he knows how it is to be up there with the best and how to, to handle it and obviously try to improve. Looking ahead to tomorrow before that Bidvest-Vitz clash this weekend, another encounter in the league. Platinum Stars in town uh, at the Cape Town Stadium. They lost the opener to, to Marisburg United at home, so they'll be smarting from that loss. What are you expecting from Dequena tomorrow? Yeah, look, uh, we, we played them last season at home. They beat us 4-0, so we know they're a very good side, you know. And, and yeah, you can see how the PSL is, you know. Every team can beat any team at any time, so... Like I said, we take it one game at a time, you know. Obviously, big fixture against Vets on the weekend, but tomorrow's game is also very important. And another problem that I think probably made us lose out in the race of the league last season is the points that we dropped at home, you know. Very important points, you know. So this is when we want to try by all means to win all our home games. And it obviously starts tomorrow. I wanted to talk to you and ask you about that. That's one of your strengths last season was the way you played away and, and you started the season really well uh, on the road. The Sort of creating Cape Town Stadium as this fortress for Cape Town City is quite important. What, what is, is it a mindset thing uh, more, more than anything? What, what is it that you're working on to, to ensure that uh, if, if teams come to Cape Town, they don't leave with anything? No, look, when you play away, like if you look at the game against the we had to, to be on the back foot because obviously they play, they're playing at home at a field that they used to, you know. And we, we had to, to humble ourselves and, and give them all the respect they have because, I mean, they, they're powerful there and not many people that go to no park and, and come out with a point, you know, or even three points, you know. So we did that, you know. And obviously when we play home, we also have to be like that. We have to be 
the bosses of our own home, you know, and make sure that nobody comes in and bosses us around. It's pretty important that that, that happens tomorrow, but with you playing the semi-final in, in the NTN8 at home as well, you want to set that precedent early up front tomorrow night, don't you? Uh, look, it's just one game at a time, you know. We know what's happening on the weekend, obviously, you know. But we're not thinking about... We can't think about two games when we really even played one of them, you know. So we have to play platinum stuff tomorrow, and then from Thursday going on to Sunday, we start thinking about it, you know. So I think it's very important that we don't think about the semi-finals, but we try to get three points, and obviously try to have a good performance tomorrow, building up to Sunday. Talking, just looking uh, a bit further ahead, Bafana Bafana squad announced yesterday by Coach Stuart Baxter. You, you're included for those uh, two vital 2018 uh, FIFA World Cup uh, qualifiers against Cape Verde. First one away from home and then back at the Moses Mabita Stadium uh, early in September. You must be pretty chuffed to, to receive a call-up once again. Obviously, there's been a change of guard recently as well at uh, the national uh, team level. But uh, your, your hard work paying off? Yeah, obviously... The hard work pays off, you know, and I guess it's a huge honor to represent the, the, the country, you know. I mean, how many players do you have in the PSL, you know? So you, you gotta feel honored, you know, but you also have to make sure that you get there and you realize that you're working, competing with the, the top players, you know, and, and you have to make sure you up your level, obviously, you know, and for me, it's a, it's a good thing, you know, because you get to learn from those international trips, you know, with the calf coming also. So, so yeah, I'm just looking forward to enjoying the moment, you know, and probably the two fixtures that are coming up are probably the biggest we have, you know, in the, in the year, because if we win both, I think we stand in a very good position from the last two games to, to qualify for the World Cup. Mm. And then to wrap things up, Lebohang, just, uh, I mean, news last night, uh, even though it's from a different club, is, is from Cape Town, Rivaldo Kutsia signing for Celtic, uh, Bufana teammate of yours, also the likes of Keegan Dolly, who's, who's playing overseas now. It, it must fill you with hope seeing these guys that, that you've played with and, and alongside making the move to Europe. Obviously, you, you have ambitions to, to go as far as you can in, in your career. It must give you a lot of belief seeing what, uh, what, what is possible. Yeah, look, obviously... Big congratulations to him. I think it's, it's been long overdue. I mean, for me, I think he could have gone when he was still 18 because he was, he was top class since then, you know. So, so yeah, I mean, wish him all the best. And, and I think it's a huge motivation to, to all of us, you know, that we can all get there, you know, if, if we push ourselves very hard. Lebohamanyana from Cape Town City. Thank you so much for your time this evening here on SAFM. Best of luck tomorrow night and the weekend for that uh, MTN8 semi-final against Bidvest Vitz. We look forward to, to following your progress the rest of the season. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. This is Sport on SAFM. Every supporter's greatest resource. You're listening to South Africa's news and information leader and all eyes are going to be on the T-Mobile Arena in Paradise, Nevada this coming weekend, early hours uh, of Sunday morning. It is Floyd's Money Mayweather against uh, Conor McGregor. It's probably one of the biggest uh, sort of build-ups to a fight that I can remember. What's going to happen? We're going to have to wait and see. Well, we've got uh, South African boxing trainer on the show this evening. Colin Nathan joins us. Colin, welcome on to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Lots of excitement about this fight uh, for, for varying reasons. Yeah, well, firstly, thanks for having me on the show. And uh, you, said it's an, uh, you said it's a fight. I'd rather call it an event because, <laughs> you know, a lot of people saying it's a sham, it's, 
you know, it's really not all that. It's, you know, boxing periods are like shaking their heads in disbelief. Um, you know, in a real world, this fight would never be happening. The point is we don't live in a real world. You've got probably the most notorious, <laughs> that's his nickname, Conor McGregor, who is the top of the food chain in the MMA world against a former, you know, 49 and 0 great fighter in Floyd Mayweather coming back to the age of 40 to make this fight possible and happen. So, you know, the purists are shaking their heads, but at the end of the day, the people who are winning are the promoters and the fighters because they are making tons of money, tons of money. Yeah, my, my calculator doesn't have enough zeros on once I've done the conversions back to Rand. I mean, the money is stupid. So, and, and I think you're right when you talk about an event, because if you look at somebody like Floyd Mayweather, his record speaks for himself. He's a fantastic, fantastic fighter. Like him or hate him as a person, there's no doubt about it that he's one of the best around ever. And 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 McGregor's great at what he does as well. But in, in an out-and-out boxing match, my money, I don't think McGregor's got a chance. Well, does he have a chance? Of course he's got a chance because this is boxing and, you know, stranger things have happened. You know, if he catches um, Mayweather with a clean shot, how will he, how will Mayweather respond? So he's always got to punch his chance, doesn't he? Because that's boxing. But is that chance big enough for him to win? So I would say no. So here's the thing, right? You've got a guy who is an ego, like Mayweather, and you've got an ego, like McGregor, who is not unbeaten. So yes, here's a comparison. Mayweather is 49-0. McGregor's lost. Mayweather hasn't. You've got two egos colliding. And I honestly, honestly believe, someone was actually asking me today, in my heart of hearts, I think McGregor knows that he can't win. I really, I think intrinsically he knows he can't win, but he's an Irish guy and he's going to give it his all. And for that kind of money, you know, if I knew my family was secure, my kids would never have to work a day in their lives, I'd get in shape and I'd fight for this, that kind of money. I would. Even though I knew I couldn't win. Coming from a boxing background, you've probably got a chance I would for that sort of money. With no boxing background, get into the ring with Mayweather. But that's a, that's a whole other story. Let's talk about just technically what, what McGregor has to, to do in this. Obviously, he comes from an MMA background, so there's lots of different aspects. There's grappling, there's kicking. In this fight, he's not going to be able to do that. How has he had to change his, his form of attack to, 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 to prepare for this fight? It's such an interesting point because, you know, for example, you can't turn a basketball player into the heavyweight champion of the world. They tried that with Michael Grant. He got knocked out against Lennox Lewis in two rounds. And he was a basketball player, and then he you know, tried his luck as a boxer, as a heavyweight. But it couldn't work. Yeah, you've got a guy who is a champion of the UFC, UFC as a MMA fighter who's got great boxing ability in the cage, going against one of the greatest defensive fighters of all time, one of the great fighters of all time, even though he's been retired and he's 40, the code, how's he going to win, your question, going back to what you said to me. Well, I think he needs to be as unorthodox as possible. I think he needs to be as awkward as possible and make Mayweather try and miss and then counter Mayweather. Now, that's, I think, not virtually, you know, I'd say it's virtually impossible because Mayweather is, is known as a counterpuncher. So I think early on, I think McGregor's probably going to be unorthodox and a little bit cagey, and, and I think that might confuse Mayweather early on. But once he solves the riddle, I think he's going to give McGregor a painful, embarrassing boxing lesson. And when, I say this, when Mayweather wins, everyone's going to say, well, I expected that. The thing is, is that if Mayweather were to lose... How would it affect, A, the boxing industry, 
And two, B, how would it affect Mayweather's legacy? It certainly would be tainted because it would be 49 and 1. So the thing is, is that I think a lot more is riding on Mayweather winning as opposed to him actually losing. In saying that too, though, Colin, there's, there's been such hype about this fight, and you look at the sideshows and the press conferences and the build-up to this thing. If McGregor had to win, I mean, one of the things that would, would come out straight away is, well, it's just for the money. It's set up for, for, a, for a rematch. And, and that's one of the dangers in, a, in, a, in an event like this, as you put it. Well, it is a danger, but it would also turn the boxing world upside down, wouldn't it? Because you've got a guy who's 0-0 going up against the guy who's 49-0. And again, I have to mention this. You've got the Nevada State Athletic Commission breaking their own rules by allowing lighter gloves, 8-ounce gloves, as opposed to 10-ounce gloves. The rule is anything from mini-fly to welterweight, which is 105 pounds, to 147 pounds, is 8-ounce gloves. Anything above that from 154 to heavyweight in pounds is 10-ounce. They're fighting in the junior middleweight division, which is 154 pounds, which is supposed to be 10-ounce gloves. Then the other thing you need to understand is the question is, how can the commission sanction a guy's O&O for 12-round contest against a former great in Floyd Mayweather? I just don't understand it. Yeah, it does beg a lot of questions. The the, the glove issue, who, whose favor does that play into, McGregor or Mayweather? Well, you know, McGregor's supposed to be the puncher. And, and, and the thing is, is that Floyd, if you've noticed, has got brittle hands. He's always had hand problems. So I'm surprised he actually said, well, listen, well, actually, I'm not surprised because let's be honest. Let's be honest. Let's be real. Yeah. Mayweather never takes a fight that he's going to lose. He knows that. Everyone knows that. So I think he was like, okay, well, you can go lighter gloves. I don't mind. Eight-ounce gloves it is. It would favor McGregor because he's probably the more explosive uh, puncher, but Mayweather's timing is second to none. Once he's got his timing going and his counter-punching going, no one can touch him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've seen him fight some great fighters. He, he avoided Manny Pacquiao at, at Pacquiao's peak, but uh, I mean, someone like Pacquiao struggled to, to, to really connect him, and, and, and that just says so much about, like you say, his defensive uh, sort of strategies and, and his counter-punching ability, and I think it's going to be a, uh, an interesting one to watch, but we've seen these sort of exhibitions before in the past. You mentioned uh, the one with Lennox Lewis, but uh, Muhammad Ali's been involved in, in similar fights in, in his career. Uh, your, your gut feel, Mayweather, going to be way too good and just outclass McGregor? So I think uh, anywhere between 6 to 10 rounds, Mayweather just puts enough hurt on him and forces a stoppage. You know, Mayweather's not known as a big puncher, but you know, I don't think McGregor can withstand the heat from a guy like Floyd Mayweather, even at the age of 40. And um, I just see that Mayweather clinically taking him apart round after round. The first couple of rounds, maybe the first two rounds, you know, McGregor might be very unorthodox, and, you know, Floyd's been out the ring for a while, but it might take him a bit of time to figure him out. But once he does, um, and once he solves the riddle, like I said earlier, it's going to be one-way traffic. I think Mayweather's going to embarrass him, um, hurt him, and force a stoppage, like I'm saying, anywhere between six and ten rounds. Well, you heard it. Uh, Colin, thank you so much for your time here on SAFM this evening. Uh, enjoy it. Uh, um, I think it's going to be a spectacle. I think everyone's going to be up early hours Sunday morning. But, yeah, like you say, I, I agree. I think uh, Mayweather's just going to be too strong for him. But uh, thanks for your time this evening. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Take care. Ciao. Bye. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. I was just thinking, if you're going to pull an all-nighter this weekend, Saturday night is it. Uh, the box playing Argentina in Salta late Saturday evening for the boxing. Uh, on to some football now. Just a quick update for you, by the way, in that UEFA Champions League 
qualifier Celtic 3-1 down against Astana that in the second half but in other football news this past weekend SAFA National Executive Committee took a decision to establish a National Women's League by 2019 SAFA President Danny Jordan says they'll be using their partnership with the Spanish La Liga to help set up the league that would be made up of the nine provincial teams two PSL teams Bloom Celtic and Mamelodi Sundowns and the winner of the University Sports South African League speaking at the Nike Football Centre in Soweto today Jordan says their target is to produce one million women footballers. When we started off in 2012, we had, uh, had 200,000 uh, women footballers. Today we have 435,000 women footballers. We want to get up to a million women footballers because women are the majority in this, in this uh, country. So school sport and women's sport are two major focus areas where we see growth in membership. That's why we want, in 2019, a National League for Women's Football. They must play like PSL, like NFD, must be a National League. I'm not uh, specifically calling it a professional league, call it a, a National League. Whether it's professional or not will depend on the extent of support for that Women's League. But even there, we spoke to the uh, La Liga, and they are quite happy to support it. SAFM Sports Wrap. And that's about it for SAFM this evening. Uh, apologies, we said yesterday that we would have had uh, the Minister of Sports and Recreation, the Tulas Nglesi, on this evening's show, but unfortunately they did pull out of that interview. We are trying to line up another one uh, for the very near future, so please do stay tuned. We'll hopefully get him on to chat uh, a little bit about some of the things that he's been able to do and achieve. Uh, so far as uh, the new Minister of Sport. If you have any comments or suggestions, if you'd like to get in touch with us here uh, at SAFM Sports Wrap, you can pop us an email, sport at safm.co.za. You can also reach out via social media. Just search for SAFM Radio or for me personally, at Big Brad Brown. That's where you can uh, touch base on social media. And just looking at that uh, football result for Celtic at the moment, they are 3-1 down. They did win the opener 5-0, uh, so they do have uh, a very vital away goal from this one, which is good news, uh, but uh, they need to defend like uh, like Trojans for the last uh, bit of this second half. We'll have that result for you tomorrow morning on AM Live. Coming up on the other side of uh, your 7 o'clock news with Greg Coast is the talk shop with Naledi Malayo from myself, Brad Brown, and my producer, Siobhan Chetty, this evening. Thanks for listening. And right Right now it is seven and time for your news.